listeners, you are listening to another episode of That's Entertainment. I'm your pop culture maven, Jeff Malone, and with me, as always, live from Hampton, Maine, is my Aunt Beth Woods. Aunt Beth, how are, uh, it's April 2021. How are yeah. you doing? I'm good. It's nice and sunny here, so that changes my mood for the better. Is it's it in almost, the 50s in Maine? It was actually in the 60s today. Oh, boy. The sun came out and it was almost, a, I'm serious, um, when we're on the deck with the dogs, if I'm just sitting right there because we put an awning up, but it's not up yet, it's actually too hot sometimes I have yeah. to go into the shade. So it felt so nice after, because about a year, I'm not, I just realized a year ago tomorrow, we had a storm, a snowstorm. I think we got about a foot of snow and lost power. So in april yes april 9th or 10th it was april 10th so i'm very happy that that's not happening now (laughs) so yes it's looking up yeah it's it's feeling like a much better spring so far than last year yeah even though the even though the pandemic is still going on it looks people are getting vaccinated my appointment for my first dose is this weekend Oh, and just last year there was just you know so much uncertainty. Yeah, it feels more hopeful now. It does, yeah. which is got, which yeah. is how spring should feel. That's right. That's now, you know, usually I say you're live from Hampton, Maine, but I don't usually. I've said a few times where I'm coming live from, and I, you know, I've been thinking recently. I could say live from New York. It's oh, it's Jeffrey. I could say it's Saturday night, even though we don't usually record on Saturdays. But our listeners could listen on Saturday nights if they That's want true. to. They well, wouldn't know, <laughs> right? We could, yeah, we could always pretend we we could say that this is whatever day that we want it to be when we're recording, yeah. and we can hold up a newspaper that says that date. And since this is an audio medium, they wouldn't be able to check us on that. That's right. Well, anyway, here's someone who has also spent time with me in New York and has, I believe, watched Saturday Night Live a few times with me. And he's also someone who is passionate about the topic we'll be discussing on today's episode. You know him from our big Oscars episode from last year. It's my brother, Rob Malone. Rob, hey. you're coming to us live from Treba Oak, New York. How are you tonight? Oh, uh, I thought you were talking about someone else at first, but yeah, that you were describing me. <laughs> yes, just good to, you. Good to be here. You're going you're gonna to bleep where we're from in the final show, right? Um, do you need me to? I can if I have to. I don't to. want anyone to know where you're I'll, I'll get back to you. You just have to be safe, you know? Okay. <laughs> All your fans are going to come swarm mm-hmm. at your house now. Mm-hmm. And what's the topic we're talking about today? What am I passionate about? We're talking about the Oscars once oh, again. that's right. I just needed a reminder. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little different than the first time our first Oscars episode, since we talked about Oscars history so exhaustively, now we're talking about a sort of alternate history. It's called Oscars Do-Over, and uh, each Mm -hmm. of us picked out a couple of categories and some movies that didn't win Oscars in those particular categories, but we thought they should have. We thought they were so good, and uh, that's what we're going to dive into. But uh, before we do that, uh, Beth, have you caught up to the last couple mini episodes um what's the last one i i listened to you recommended lady in the dale to yes and i listened to that yeah. I, I do i'm to- i am planning on finishing that up i just oh good i i the past few weeks i've been busy watching basketball yes and now now i'm busy trying to catch up on all the oscar nominees for this year that i still mm-hmm. need to see What's going on in basketball? Well, it just ended a few days ago. It's over for good? For a while. Well, the NBA is still going on, but college basketball, the most important basketball ended. Gonzaga's perfect season was denied at the very last game. 
Yes, I saw this. Very, I was very excited for any sort of upset. Apologies to Gonzaga fans. I just enjoyed the drama of the upset. <laughs> yeah, I didn't listen to your the last karaoke. Who who gave you the um, recommendation? It, it was uh, Tim, one of the guests on the Palm Springs time loop episode oh, that you okay. uh, that you that were absent from. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, he gave me Ween, Beck, and Warren Zevon. Okay. Who's the first? Who first? Ween. W-E-E-N. I don't know Ween. Okay. Yeah, I have to listen to that. The um, Lady in the Dale one, though, I think you'll... <laughs> Rob, you should... Follow. It's just so weird that it's good. It's so... Uh, like, just crazy, a crazy story. So I thought you would enjoy it. But... I'll look into it. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. The, it's called The Lady in the Dale. And I never had heard of, this was a car in the 70s. I never heard of it or remember this story at all, but it's kind of fascinating. Oh. But we should get on to our, our topic at hand. Yeah, I suppose we should. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give a little intro to put us all in the mood, both us both we two hosts and our guests and our listeners and then we'll dive right into what we have to say all right and the intro is arriving right about now have you ever said why didn't this person win an oscar well if you have then this is the podcast episode for you because we're about to say these people should have won an oscar it's called Oscar Do-Over. So now the way it works, we've each picked two award winners, a Jeff Oscar winner, a Aunt Beth Oscar winner, and a Rob Oscar winner. From So uh, yeah, we, we each picked two separate categories. One of them was from the Big Eight, picture, director, the two screenplays, and the four acting categories. And then one from any of the other categories, the below the line categories. And our selections could be from any year in Oscar history, but no, no year before the Oscars were around. So nothing from like 1900. <laughs> we, we couldn't put, pick uh, the train no, you didn't, pulling. You didn't tell me that. I, that thought I, <laughs> I thought I did specify that. We'll have to, you're did you have to... pick? We'll have to record with me next week. You can, we'll Rob was a in. big fan of movies from the 1900s, right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you pick right. Train Pulling Into a Station? Mm-hmm, for cinematography. Oh, man. <laughs> it would have been deserving if only there had been Oscars. Well, maybe that'll be the next episode, what should have won, won Oscars pre-1927. Ooh. <laughs> and you can also do an episode, what should win Oscars in the future? You'll have to yeah. guess which movies are made. Guess what? All right. <laughs> That's good. And you'll Man. have to guess future categories. Best VR. Um, Best uh, supporting performance by a Martian. Or, or a robot. Good call. All right. Uh, or by a hologram. Oh, God. So our selections couldn't have been obviously they couldn't have actually won oscars and they couldn't have been nominated either for that year right right yeah they could have been nominated for another year for some separate movie oh wait they couldn't have been nominated that year i thought you said they could have been not mine wasn't yeah. but you said they could have been nominated but just couldn't have won yeah Jeff. did i say that yeah i thought said i said the opposite i was i thought you did I'll yeah, look you... it up while we're chatting. Well, you know, it's okay. If if you pick someone who was nominated, that's fine. Yeah, I'd I have to but... I'd have to do a whole bit of whole bit of late last minute research. I mean I have another one if I uh, maybe I'll do both. Maybe I'll sneak one in. Okay. Yeah, because I thought you said, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm gonna look at it as you're talking about it, as we're starting to you see what, what you said. Oh okay. or even get nominated. I see it, but I I think I've just misunderstood. Two movies that didn't win. Oh, or even get not. Yeah, I thought. Okay. You could, okay. All you right. Did. All right. You were right. Actually, 
You know what? I'll come up with a better one while we're here. You might want to cut some of this out, though, Joe. I don't know how much you leave in. Well, my no, first I, I one like wasn't... giving uh, our listeners a peek behind the court curtain. Mm-hmm. Should I read your whole email out loud? If you want to. <laughs> no. no, I'm not gonna not gonna do that. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe that could well, be a bonus feature. We can post. We can start a Patreon and post that there. Well, <laughs> for some reason, I thought originally you had said that that they could have been nominated but didn't, and we thought they should won, but. Mine, my first one's okay. I don't know about my second one, but that's all right. Let's let's get to it. We'll find out soon enough. As long as yes. they didn't win, yeah, I think we'll be okay. So okay. So who wants to go first then? Why don't we let our guest go? Rob. Okay. Well, I'll use the <laughs> one that I know fits. Um, okay. So I did the. 1999 ceremony for the for 1998 awards and i chose the category best costume design which at the ceremony the award the nominees were velvet goldmine sandy powell pleasantville judy ann mikowski Anna mikowski elizabeth alexander byrne beloved colleen atwood and shakespeare in love also sandy powell and Shakespeare in Love by Sandy Powell won. And my choice for the alternate history is The Big Lebowski. And this is something I was thinking about when Jeff pitched this because I don't know when I read it. I I read an article years ago and I think I found the the one although it might be slightly different. And it was just talking about how the costume design category is dominated by uh, period pieces, films that are often British films with either Victorian or Elizabethan costumes. And that since 1967, there's only been three movies that took place in modern times or in the current times to the year, the the award that have won best costume that I can't remember all three of them, but one of them was all that jazz, which makes a lot of sense because that definitely had memorable costumes. Yeah, interesting. yeah, and, and the reason I chose the Big Lebowski, I mean, for what I, for whatever reason, it just popped in my my mind, because like even though it's like pretty, nothing too crazy, the dude's costume is like almost iconic and kind of instantly recognizable to a lot of people now. And then you also have the costumes for John Turturro's the Jesus character and John Goodman, and even though it's like pretty normal clothes it really sets the the tone of the movie and everything is is very memorable and you see someone in a in a costume as the dude you know who he is <laughs> Aaron and I were watching Avengers Endgame last week and everyone was like calling Thor the big Lebowski or the dude so and then I looked up the the woman who was the costume designer her name is Mary I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right uh, Zafres Z-O-P-R-H-R-E-S and she's recently worked on La La Land um but she she got her start kind of working on some comedies and um she uh she took over for the costume designer on Fargo and then has worked with the Coen brothers on every movie that they've done since then wow interesting and also like I've worked on some lower budget movies and I know that like even when there's no money and like half the costumes are people bringing their own clothes to set it's a pretty tough job and I think like a pretty sometimes underappreciated but important job and so when you see all these movies like um yeah like uh, Shakespeare in Love which won that year it's like oh that seems great but honestly like I feel like Saving Private Ryan which was also that year probably had better costumes because even though it was World War II and you you can see think like oh you just look at pictures I feel like that version of World War II costumes kind of inspired the next 10 years of of World War II costumes on movies and tv and Hmm. Like recently, um, the I'm gonna shut up in a second. The woman who, um, <laughs> I, I, for something that's not always a category I think about, I I have thought about this before because every year it's like another British period piece, and also yeah. they have a huge costume warehouse over there. Is what I've what I remember reading in this article, or I I don't want to get the facts totally wrong, but it's like a lot of it is just finding the costumes that they already have from these periods, and then just adding like some stuff and even the costume designers themselves are like, these aren't actually the most challenging costumes to create. It's a lot of times when you're watching a movie with just people talking, you have to- Yeah, just a normal. 
do they do some of the costume designers actually make some like does you know, when I, when I think of designers I think that they're making these costumes like for Black Panther and stuff didn't they they actually design the costumes yeah but even for like normal clothes they do the design the woman who won for Black Panther I think she's one of the best costume designers out there but I actually think that her work in um uh do the right thing or Malcolm X is I I think that's in some ways more impressive like do the right thing Spike Lee's outfit in that is 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 really great and I mean a lot of it is like picking clothes like you're still designing it if you're picking clothes from reality so it's like mm -hmm. and sometimes i feel like and, and recently i i actually am happy that they've picked so like black panther might have been the first superhero movie to win but if so yeah but a few years ago mad max fury road one and um fantastic beasts and where to find them was like um, nominated i think that one yeah that's that it yeah and um lord of the rings return of the king one and so like i think like those movies definitely do deserve it because they're kind of like creating something they're not just like recreating a period they're creating something different but yeah. black panther is really impressive but i also feel like her she made such iconic costumes for movies that take place in in modern times and just earlier spike day, movies. yeah, yeah. Huh. when you said ones that um only took place a few that were like in uh, modern times did annie hall win i don't think so Oh, okay, because I remember that was like such a big deal back then because of her her clothes. And um, yeah. I wonder if that was even I'm looking nominated. That up. Star, it wasn't nominated. Star Wars actually won that year. Oh, it which, wasn't even nominated. Yeah. Huh, I'm surprised. Okay. But but that's like yeah, kind of my point is like that is those are very like you you see the poster and you instantly or you you instantly recognize what what and that might have been like her clothes, but it still it still yeah. would be the actor working with the very costume specific. designer. Mm hmm. I actually found that out with the Big Lebowski is that they were his, <laughs> they were Jeff Bridges' clothes, most of what he was wearing, but still like the costume designer goes and picks out the wardrobe with them. So it, yeah. she's, they still are making the artistic choices with the actor, even if it is. Yeah. I, think there. I think Entertainment Weekly or something I was reading recently had an article about that. that um, they did, because I read about yeah. his shorts, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember <laughs> that... <laughs> They were like the designer shorts and she gave them to him and he ended up wearing them. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny that yeah. that was just in there. Do I do both now or do are we gonna are you guys each gonna do one? I think let's do one at a time. That's what I thought. Okay, great. All right. I approve of your choices. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. I liked your case. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, um, Beth, uh, why don't you uh, relish okay. us with your first selection? I'm going to do my the bigger category first because my second one, I don't have a great case for it. So, <laughs> so mine was from uh, the 1989 ceremonies. For, it was the movie in 1988. And the category was Best Actor. And you guys might have a little... It's, stuff to say about this but I'm making a case that Tom Cruise should have been nominated for best actor for Rain Man I remember thinking that at the time and was really surprised that he was you know there was such a big deal over Dustin Hoffman and he he was fantastic as he usually is but what I and I don't know you guys probably know more about this but I feel like the Academy the Academy likes to acknowledge actors that are portraying any kind of challenging role, physical or mental. And so because of, you know, with his autism, um, that was definitely, uh, a, you know, looked as great acting. But yeah. so I'm not saying that he should have won, but I felt like it was one of his best performances. And I remember thinking, boy, they, you know, during the time that it came out, like, oh, nobody's ever said anything about Tom Cruise's performance. It was all about Dustin Hoffman. Um, I felt like uh, maybe, I don't know if the act, people with the movie were concerned of, about nominating two people from this, you know, in the same movie for the same category. Um, Cause that doesn't, I guess they, I don't know if they like, don't, seems like they don't like to do that because then they're competing against each other. They, it so, definitely seems like in recent years, if there are 
if there could be considered two leads, they'll move, they'll campaign for one of them as supporting. So for, so, yeah, so they're both not in the same category. And then I just thought, you know, he'd been, I was looking at it, he'd been in about 11 movies up to that point and some really good ones, Risky Business, Top Gun, The Color of Money. So it wasn't like he was, I, I just th- thought that was one of was the best Was he nominated for Color of Money? I don't think he was for that one either. I think I was reading that. And so I just think that I also thought, this is my other thought too, same as like Brad Pitt, that he was looked at as more of a pretty boy and that he just was, I felt like he was never given credit for his great acting skills. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like him, but I always thought, well, not every movie, but a lot of the movies he was in, I thought he was a really good actor. And so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're, I kind of agree with that. I also think that was like his first, um, just thinking about the movies he was, that was his first real like moving on from teen slash action. I mean, he's always was ambitious, but in that one, I definitely think he was really trying to show off his acting chops. Just yeah, it was different than things he'd been in before and really showed another side of him, I think. Nowadays, I feel like for both men and women, the actors try to break out from being seen as a either like a, a pretty guy or a pretty girl really fast and try to get to the, the Oscar nominations quicker than they used to. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a good point. I, I guess so not... but yeah, like I don't know, like I feel like recently a lot of like um people have been campaigning harder earlier on than they used to. Yeah, just so they're not pigeonholed into that one type of role. Um, So maybe that's a good good thing for them to do. He was nominated for Magnolia, right? Yeah, that was his third and most recent nomination. Was he nominated for Jerry Maguire also? Yeah, that was his second. He's never won. He won a Golden Globe for one movie he won three he actually won golden globes for all three of the movies that he was oscar nominated for so he won for magnolia jerry Maguire, and also born on the fourth of july oh okay i forgot about born on the fourth of july yeah good ones i really like him in rain man i actually feel like now his performance has maybe lived better than dustin hoffman's because now it kind of the way we look back it's like oh god all these actors just playing mentally handicapped people to try to get an Oscar or like yeah. playing. Yeah. Did we, did you mention Aunt Beth that Dustin Hoffman was the winner that year? Um, I don't know if I did, but that's what I was, I meant to, cause I said, yeah, not that I wasn't saying that Tom Cruise should have won. Um, but yeah, Dustin Hoffman did end up winning. So, but that was, you know, it's hard to, for me, I have trouble remembering back at a lot of movies, but that did come up. I remember thinking that at the time. So that's, that stuck with me that I thought really thought he should have been nominated. So, so that's my first choice. Well, I will continue the pattern of picking my earlier movie for my first choice. So we all picked a movie in the latter quarter of the 20th century. And I think we've all also got one from the 21st century. So here's mine from the 1998 ceremony for the movies of 1997. And the category is best performance by an actor in a supporting role. And I would have given it to Vincent D'Onofrio for Men in Black. And the, the actual nominees that year were Robert Forster for Jackie Brown, Anthony Hopkins for Amistad, Greg Kinnear for As Good As It Gets, Burt Reynolds for Boogie Nights, and the winner was Robin Williams for Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. Now, Men in Black, you know, action sci-fi movie based on a comic book. I think it is, it's based on a comic book, right? Or is... Yeah, very different from the comic book, but yeah, it's based on one. So, you know, not the typical type of Oscar movie, although it did have a few nominations. It was up for best uh, original score back at the time when they broke up score into two categories, a dramatic score and comedy score. Oh, and I didn't know 
Yeah, and then also it won for best makeup. Mm-hmm. And let's see it had, and, and best art direction was also nominated for. So it said some of the below the line recognition, but none of the major categories. But I think this is a, you know, it's so uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, he played the main villain. He played Edgar the farmer who was taken over by the bug alien. And this is just a marvel of both a physical transformation and personality transformation. I believe it is the first thing I ever saw of Vincent D'Onofrio. And so I didn't at the time think, oh my God, I didn't recognize him because I didn't know what he looked like out of the alien makeup. Mm. But, you know, it's just... A lot of times you see Oscar winning performances where, you know, where it's a really grueling physical effort, like Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot is a good example. But this, and this is a performance where that is going on, where the whole time Vincent D'Onofrio is just, he's jerking his head from side to side. He can't walk properly, but it's also a creation of you know a totally fantastical character it's not based on any actual person like you know good acting is also often based on some aspect of yourself or people you know i don't know who he would have based this character on from people in his life but somehow he put it together whole hog and it's pretty much impossible to take his eyes, take your eyes off him while you're watching this movie. I'm going to have to watch some clips because I don't even remember that. <laughs> Did you see that. Men in Black back in the day? Yes, the first time. Yeah, like that long ago. So, I, you know, I think it's, it's kind of, it's in a way, it's a compliment to his performance that it he didn't necessarily stick out to you because he was just so convincingly part of that world that mm-hmm. he convinced you, you know, like there could be this alien creature in a human body walking around. Mm. And that is yeah. something that can happen in reality. Hmm. I will check it out. Do you remember it, Rob? The role? Yeah, there's a great place where he's, he, he pulls his face back. Although I guess that's mixed with the special effects. And, uh, and uh, he's like, give me sugar and water, sugar, water. Um, but yeah. I'll have to look for that. I'll put my hands on my head. Like this. We need to call the academy and and give us give them our uh... <laughs> yeah pass our messages along to Billy Crystal yeah <laughs> okay now we're moving on to our second choice yep going back around the horn so Rob you're up again what is your selection number two the one that I was gonna do that doesn't fit your criteria I'll just stay I'll just say. Just- I was going to do, and this one was actually maybe a little too on the nose for for me and movies that I like. I was going to say that Stallone um, should have won for, Sylvester Stallone should have won uh, Best Supporting Actor for Creed uh, when Mark Rylance won, but Sylvester Stallone was nominated. Okay. Um, And yes, he was excellent in that, though. I loved it. He was also. He was also nominated for the first Rocky. So yeah, and he didn't win for the first Rocky, right? But he won screenwriter, or did he win for the first Rocky? He might have won. I believe he won for screenwriting. I believe he won. But how about for acting, though? Not for acting. Oh, see, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. Peter Finch won that year, but he was nominated. And I mean, I think it was Mark Rylance. They were. It's interesting because. Oh, actually, now Rocky lost to Network also for in screenplay as well. But okay, well, I guess he just won picture. Yeah, I just remember him going up. He um, must have gone up when it won Best Picture and accepted on behalf of the producers. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Well, what's, but um, what's um, what's the call I was gonna say? Oh yeah, but what was interesting about um, the supporting uh, category that year for, I guess the movies were 2015 um, was both of them, Mark Rylance and Sylvester Stallone's parts were like exactly what the Academy wants from supporting actors. One is like a somewhat eccentric, but interesting older actor who hasn't been in a lot of movies, but he was coming from the theater and he was in a big Steven Spielberg movie. So that, and like, so of course, like they want to give him the award. Everyone wants to work with him and he's been cast in a bunch of movies since then. And then Stallone is the other version where it's like, he's been around a long time. He's half of his career. He's been like an action guy or a jokey guy, but then now he's a return to his dramatic beginnings. And, mm -hmm. and what I really liked about him in Creed was not just that it was a really good performance, but it was that he kind of like put a lot of his ego aside and um, he put a lot of his ego aside and was able to, um, what's the word? Uh, uh, work with a young director and kind of like, go along with that young director's vision which is is Stallone I will do that but then he also will he he makes like smart ideas like that and, and creatively good ideas like that and then he kind of blows it and makes a dumb movie next or he like he encourages them to make a sequel to Creed which was kind of unnecessary and just like mm -hmm. brings back Ivan Drago from Rocky Four, and it's like um yeah. And it, it kind of, it, to me, it's an interesting thing where, and I didn't really think he was going to win because I think the, I don't know if enough people in Hollywood like Stallone necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. But I, but the one thing I wanted to mention was one of my favorite parts about that night was uh, Frank Stallone um, was tweeting and uh, he tweeted, uh, he was angry that Mark Rylance won and he was like, he didn't even comb his hair for the Oscars. Mark Rylance had like a weird haircut that night. Okay. Is Frank Stallone his brother? Yeah, Frank Sylvester's brother. Okay. And he's also famous as a go-to punchline from Norm Macdonald on Weekend Update. <laughs> he did, he, he's, he's a songwriter. He, he, uh, and he's, uh, he writ, wrote and performed a song for the original Rocky and for the Saturday Night Fever sequel, Staying Alive, that Sylvester Stallone directed. Oh. And features a song Far From Over by Frank Stallone, which by is actually Frank. very, very fun. <laughs> I oh, recommend okay. Far From Over. It's a blast. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll just uh, quickly, I'll say my, my right choice that follows the rules. I'll say uh, uh, Do the Right Thing should have won Best Picture uh, in, for 1989, even though it wasn't nominated and Driving Miss Daisy won. Oh, so do the right thing wasn't even nominated wasn't even nominated oh wow which huh. i think i i'm somewhat surprised but i thought it was at some point but i was obviously wrong um mm -hmm. born on the fourth of july was nominated dead poet society field of dreams and my left foot and driving miss daisy won which was mm -hmm. a thorn in spike lee's side for years until yeah <laughs> it still won. is yeah oh really <laughs> and was he even oh he was nominated for screenplay yeah um mm -hmm. and danny aiello was nominated for best supporting actor but anyway that's yeah those are mine yo hold up time out time out y'all take a chill well from <laughs> i wrote i i don't feel super qualified to vote for a lot of these categories that are not the main ones that I feel like Rob and Jeff know a lot more as far as like editing and, and lighting and all those. Um, I feel like maybe I might know best song or costume or cinematography. <laughs> so, um, but those are, you know, I feel like you really need to to know a lot more about movies for those categories. You know, the other ones are certainly more a preference when you're thinking you actor and actress. You pick up some knowledge, but from a lifetime of watching a lot of movies. So yeah. I'm sure you can say something. Well, so I think this one, I, I think may have been nominated. So I might've done this wrong too, but so this was from um, 2011. Yeah, the movie was from 2011. And for cinematography, Hugo won that year. And I thought I just um, would would have chosen the artist 
um, just from my knowledge, my little knowledge of, of uh, cinematography. I mean, it was just a beautifully done movie, black and white. And I remember Riley and I went to see the movie and we went to this old theater in Belfast where you guys have been. And it's the coolest theater and they have two regular theaters. And then you go down, there's a third one. You go down this hall, you go downstairs and you go up. It's like, you're going into this dreamland. And then that's where we got to see the artist. And it was just like this perfect setting for it. And um, it sounds like where the, it sounds like something out of a scene from the artist. I know, almost. It's just, I, I wish if you guys ever come up there, we could, I could show you. I love when the movies are in that theater. Um, you know, you never know when you're going to, when there's three to choose from. I've only gone into that one a couple times, but it just felt really, you know, a perfect setting for that. And so from, like I said, with, with what I felt like the knowledge I had, I would have probably chose the artist. But so was the artist nominated it looks like it was okay so i did do that wrong but that's anyway that's what i would have voted for looks oh. like the cinematographer you gotta, you gotta remind us in multiple emails next time i know uh, yeah. <laughs> well because i first i thought the first time we talked about it you said it differently so but maybe i was just hearing it differently. maybe i'm not but sure that's, okay. that's yeah that's, that's okay. a good deal what did you, what was your choice? So, okay, yeah, so it looks, before I mention mine, it looks like the artist cinematographer was a Frenchman named Guillaume Schiffman. Okay. My French is not, uh, my French is not present at all, so mm -hmm. I don't know if I, I, th I think, you know, all, all of our French listeners, you can let us know, please, the correct way to pronounce his name. Um, but anyway, I, I did know some, uh, I did have some French classmates at the new school for in grad school. So I don't know, maybe some of them have seen me post on Facebook. And so hmm. you know, I never know. And then it was spread it all the way around and told um, Mark Sarkozy and all the other French politicians to listen to it as well. With pleasure. Okay, so my selection, my number two selection, our last selection of this episode is from 2000, the 2007 ceremony for 2006 in film. And the category I selected is film editing. The nominees that year were Babel, Blood Diamond, Children of Men, United 93, and the winner was Thelma Schumacher for The Departed. But I would have loved to have seen, this would have just been absolutely wild if this had happened, a nomination for Brian Burden for Crank. Crank? I guessed it. I knew you were going to say that. Did yeah. you really? Did you know ahead of time or just when I started? No, just, going when, you just when you just started talking. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Crank is an action movie starring Jason Statham. It's my favorite Jason Statham movie. He plays a hitman named Chev Chelios who's been injected with a toxin or that will make him die unless he can keep his adrenaline pumping. So... A doctor, played by Dwight Yoakam, tells him what's essentially the tagline for the movie. He says, if you stop, you die, which pretty much sets the tone for the entire movie and the way it's edited. It just never lets up. And so Burden, he began his career as an apprentice for David Lynch on Blue Velvet. And, you know, so sometimes... Uh, movies not quite like this but action movies have won best editing at the oscars in fact the movie that won the very next year was a, a similarly edited movie it was the born ultimatum and the born movies were kind of well known kind of infamous in a way for their jittery editing jittery editing editing and cinematography i think they're bad editing and cinematography well yeah, um, i think i think they've kind of 
in a bad influence on about a decade's worth of action filmmaking. I think we're, we're just, we've just been recovering from it the past few years, but I think it was that frenetic style was justified in Crank based on its subject matter. And, you know, good, I mean, most movies, good editing is usually not noticeable. If you do notice the editing, it's usually because the editor messed up and something happened that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, Crank's editing is, I think, very noticeable until maybe about 30 minutes into the movie when you get used to its rhythm and you realize that pretty much anything can happen. Uh, you know, you could have a moment where the shot freezes a bit and Jason Statham is screaming and the picture shakes to the rhythm of his screaming. Or there could be a moment where there's a naughty word on, like, suddenly appears on his forehead as he also says the word. And, you know, it's just... It's a movie that's a bit uh, too over the top, I think, for most Academy members' tastes. But if if I were an Academy member, I would work to make it a little crankier. It's interesting. I would say it's kind of ahead of its time also because that was like... That came out in 2006? Yep. That was pre, um, pre, pre-YouTube really completely taken over. Mm-hmm. Pre, like a lot of the kind of editing that people are used to, the silly stuff that people do on the internet. It's yeah. kind of interesting that it came out back then. And that's the style. I mean, it was influencing to me. It, inf- it influenced me in school, kind of that, um, how Orson Welles edited his stuff and Oliver Stone kind of all like combined to uh, make me feel like you could do whatever you wanted in a lot of editing. And it's also, I think, similar to Tim and Eric's style yeah. of editing. Which was, I guess, around the same time. Yeah, I think Awesome Show started, I think it started that same year. Yeah. Can you guys explain to me how you know how, okay, so I, my idea of editing is when a movie, you know, is made and there's like, whatever, thousands of hours of film. And then a film editor takes out whatever for the finished product. So I never understood that category because I was like, how do we know what they edited? Like that's, what I don't, and I'm probably sounding really stupid, but that's, I just never, I was like, I don't get that category. I because think that's, how does the person well, watching know? Honestly, so how do you know the best way, if it's good, if you can, a lot of times when you don't like something, like if a lot of times if something has a good story, if the acting is, Oops. Was that my, did you guys hear that? No. Oh, my computer's out of disk space. Um, oh. <laughs> a lot of times if, um, no, it's not, this is weird. If there's good acting, if there's good, um, what's the word? Good cinematography. If the story should be good, but the movie is not good, that's because it's not edited well. So it's not just, it's, it's like, how long you stay on a shot, how mm-hmm. long, uh, which okay. angles you choose, which which takes, because honestly, the actor who's good and like the, the, the editing is almost as good as the person's acting, especially with how films are made, because it's not like they're up on a stage playing the character for two hours in a night. They're, they might spend three hours and then just have the camera film them saying one line. Mm-hmm. Um, which is tough for an actor to do, but as an editor, you have to like find the best takes. You have to, yeah. you're picking the music and where music begins and ends. You're kind of like, even though people come in and add music later and do um, sound effects and stuff, you're, as the editing is laying all that stuff in there first. And the editing is happening okay. literally like at all, even when they're doing special effects and music and that stuff, you're still editing it together. So Editing is basic. Basically, if the movie is good, <laughs> that kind of means that it's. Yeah. Um, and like Jeff was saying, like in some movies, you especially like action. The movies that usually get nominated for best editing are the movies that are nominated for best picture, and then like if there's a war movie or an action movie or a sci-fi movie, because I think people tend to notice the editing more when it's like like in the Matrix when like it cuts to like something like slowing down or like a crazy action scene. But really, like 
like Thelma Schumacher, who's Martin Scorsese's editor, her editing is, is, uh, I don't, I don't know, but it's like, actually like someone who edits for Steven Spielberg, you never really notice it because his movies are seamless, but that's kind of why the editing mm -hmm. is so good because it's, but a lot of it is, is really just pacing and picking yeah. the performances. It's not about cutting stuff out because you actually, that's like kind of a misnomer. Nothing really, stuff gets cut out maybe at the end, but really you're, you're choosing what to put in, Choose. you're choosing what to what put, to put in, in place. Than, yeah. yeah. You're watching everything and then you're picking the best stuff. Okay. And then you no, might. That's, that explains it really well. Cause I was just always confused by that. And that was, you gave me some good, good points. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you're welcome. Especially, you know, what I, what I kind of wish, and this is almost never happens is I wish that more of the documentaries were in the best editing category because documentaries are almost completely made in the editing. That's why mm -hmm. I also don't trust documentaries because I've worked on enough stuff to know that I don't, it's all, you, you, you really manipulate stuff in a documentary. Mm -hmm. There's only so much manipulation you can do in a, in a fictional story because the script's mm -hmm. been written. So it's already a lie. But in a documentary, you can really, um, you can really, yeah. you really shape the story and when you edit it. Yeah. Wow. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily most documentary filmmakers, I think are trying to tell the truth. So oh, <laughs> no, I just, I'm somewhat cynical because that's what I do all day is I, I edit stuff down. Yeah. And so I know that like what you're changing and usually it's not, not, on per, not to like in a, in a dubious or devious way, but just to like make things clear or make things yeah. like flow the best. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. well, I do think, you know, that is, there is kind of a, that is a fair question. I think about a lot of categories, not just editing because you are asking, you know, what was done behind the scenes. Like we yeah. do see the yeah. acting on screen that the, if a movie was, is well made, if you like it, it was almost certainly edited well, but mm -hmm. you, you don't get to be in the, the production bay right alongside the editors. So. Yeah, so we're not seeing. Yeah, I don't know if they try to, when they announce them, if they ex explain the some of those categories a little, they, maybe they I, do. I think they've explained, you mean to like the voters or during yeah, the ceremony? No, to the ceremony, because I'm sure a lot of people don't get some of them. Like um, what's there's, there's two like production and, and design. I'm, there's there two used to I be, there get. used to be art direction and then that was renamed to production design. And, and then isn't there like a set direction or is that the same thing? That's part of production design. Okay. There's Got also, it. there were two sound categories, sound mixing and sound editing, but this year yeah. they've combined them into just one sound category. Okay. And I know, I'm yeah, pretty sure during the ceremony they have explained, the presenters have explained the difference between the two. Oh, okay. Okay. Did so, you, I have um, some trivia. I don't know if anybody else did. Yeah, I didn't think of any, but yeah, so I'm glad you came prepared i got a good one i think all right Don't shout it out rob or jeff if you know it okay so this year with viola davis and andra day both nominated this is the first time since 1972 that two black women are nominated in the best actress in the same year who were the two from 1972 you guys can Put your hand up if you. Uh, I think I don't think I hand up on Zoom. Yeah, I can I just raise. I raise don't my. Don't look hand. it up. <laughs> Take guesses. I don't know if I would have come up with that either. Was when one I... Cicely Tyson? Mm -hmm. For, For sounder. sounder. Okay. Do you have any mm -hmm. thoughts, Rob? I can give you a clue if you guys don't. I thought this. I knew it. It wasn't Diana Ross, was it? It was. Right. And what they, so that they thought that's an interesting because both she and uh, Andre Day both portrayed Billie Holiday. So, um, so Diana Ross was for Lady Sings the Blues? Yeah, for Lady Sings the Blues. So I thought that was an uh, interesting uh, fact to mm -hmm. know. Yeah. So. All right. Okay. So, Rob, you didn't have any trivia, did you? 
Um, hmm. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. Well, well, I just realized I didn't. I can I do a recommendation, or is that something we do at the end? Well, yeah, we'll get to that as we're wrapping up. So we're almost there. But yeah, I just I realized I forgot to at the beginning of the show remind everyone of what the uh, usual premise of that's entertainment is. But I guess I forgot to do that because we Tonight broke the, the format a bit. You know, usually yes. we pick a topic and describe it according to the and talk about it according to the three S first favorite and forever. But and yeah, since we've already discussed the Oscars in that detail, you can listen to that episode. It came out about a year ago. Uh, we, we jumped ahead in uh, this special edition, but we are kind of doing a forever category because we're going to, uh, we've got this year's Oscar ceremony coming up, the 93rd Academy Awards airing April 25th. Uh, any thoughts, any storylines, what we're looking forward to? I had a couple that I was frustrated also that didn't get nominated for that. Uh -oh. I thought Regina King and for One Night in Miami, she should have been nominated for director and the movie wasn't even nominated. I was really no. surprised about that. And then um, for best international film, The Life Ahead, did you guys watch that with Sophia Loren? I no, loved I that. Yeah, because I often don't know most of the you know foreign films but that I had actually seen and I, I really thought that was going to be nominated. So I was surprised about that one. I saw, I saw her interviewed her on CBS Sunday morning about it. Oh, talking about the movie. Yeah. That's what Aaron and I watch now that we've, that, now that we've retired upstate. That's right. You can watch CBS yeah. and her son directed it. Yeah. Carlo Ponti's son. So I was yeah. sad for that. Did you guys, and then, yeah. And then I also made, an, I just thought that it'll be an interesting ceremony because it was much harder for people to see, not the Academy, but for the public to see a lot of the movies this year. So it's harder to choose what, you know, what you want to win and who you yeah. think should win if you weren't able to see, you know, you, most years I've seen almost all of them and, um, and you guys have definitely. So this year it's, it's a lot harder and we've well, probably seen I haven't watched I haven't seen anything this year or I, I barely I mean I guess I've seen some I feel like I've barely watched anything I have I've found making the choice to watch a new movie very tired this year I don't really yeah. have the desire to rent or watch too many of the new ones um I don't know are you going to even watch the Oscars this year I'll watch them. I mean, I, I, I do that every all the times I'm like, oh, I'm tired of these awards, but I'll probably watch them. Um, <laughs> although I have... that it's not an Oscar party. Yeah. I don't think I, I did not watch the Golden Globes this year. I did watch those. So what did you guys have any other thoughts on? I'm just, uh, yeah, I mean, um, as with any other awards show in the past year, I'm interested to see how they handle pandemic precautions they wanted yeah. to do it all in person they, they said no no zooming in but then they they changed their minds a bit and they said well okay if you're not in the country you can if you're in europe or somewhere you can zoom in but, oh yeah, but think, otherwise they will be there if yeah if there are if they are california based i think they are expected to show oh. up in person because i guess i mean i, I people a number of attendees should be vaccinated and i think they're doing it in sort of uh, what's the venue it's a uh, how they're, they're multi, it's partly at the dolby theater and partly at the union railway station so it'll yeah. be they'll be able to spread out more than usual mm -hmm. but once again no host yeah be interesting to see boy the sag awards were short and sweet yeah. <laughs> just like an hour long i thought i was taping it and i was like did i miss something and <laughs> i thought it because it's normally a couple hours and then mm -hmm. well, in some ways that was nice just get it get them over with but. yeah i mean it was on it fell on easter so i'm like eh, an hour on easter that's then give me an hour more that i can spend with my family yeah yeah it's nice to just um, so yeah, 
And I want to put in a plug for, uh, <laughs> I really loved, I, um, I think I texted you, Jeff, I, um, The Sound of Metal. I uh -huh. didn't know if I would like it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I loved Riz Ahmed. As, I thought he was really good. So um, is that your best picture favorite? Um, I don't know. Well, I've seen five out of the eight and I, um, I really would like to see. I haven't seen Minari, Promising Young Woman or The Father. I really would like to see those. But of the ones that I've seen, yeah, I probably would pick that. Um, I thought it was really well done and uh, mm -hmm. diff you know, different than, you know, just very original and, and the acting was great. And our friend Olivia was in it, who we, you and I like and mm -hmm. you. Did you enjoy it? Jeff? I, it, the, when I watched it, it was kind of something that I admired more than I liked, but it mm -hmm. has stuck with me. And I, I would say at this point, several months after watching it, it it's risen to something I've liked. Oh, good. Yeah. Did you see it, Rob? Which one again? The Sound of Metal. Oh, no, I'm curious. Some of my friends yeah. really liked it. I think you'd like It's very well done. I think it is. It's it's definitely worth seeing, I think. But. It's on Amazon, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I watched it on... But I wonder if so for the promising young woman and Minari, they're like twenty dollars to watch yeah. it. It's like, am I going to break down and do that before the ceremony? Nah. I, I know. That's I do want to watch. I thought Minari is that not streaming anywhere? Uh, for not free? the last time I checked. Do you know if it is, Jeff? Uh, let me. Last time I searched, and it was right still. And even the father, I think, too. Those three are, are all you have to pay. Well, the father is the father even streaming anywhere? Because I know that's it's actually in theaters. Oh, is it? Yeah, Minari. Yeah, Minari looks like you still got to pay twenty dollars to rent it. And that's the, fa the father is not even streaming. That's just in theaters right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if I'll see those before or not, but. Yeah, I'll have to check Ooh. in for next year's Oscars episode and see what you yeah. thought about then. <laughs> All right. So uh, any okay. more Oscar thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. Okay. So for the last portion of the show, that's where we do promotions and recommendations where in which we promote anything that we are doing or someone we know that we'd like to support. And uh, we also answer the question, is there anything you'd like to recommend that you can enjoy with your aunts and or nephews? So Rob, any promotions or recommendations? I thought of one earlier and now I've forgotten it. Oh yeah, because you were uh, going to say it and we made you wait. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Um, oh, what have we been talking about? Let's um, see. Uh, well, I recommend the podcast Dead Eyes, and you can listen to that with your nephews and or aunts. What's it called? Dead Eyes. Dead Eyes. Uh, yeah, it's a comedy slash real life podcast about, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, my friend, I guess that's a little bit of a humble brag, Connor Ratliff, who, when he was a um, young actor, he was cast on the show Band of Brothers. And he, um, at the last minute, they said that Tom Hanks wanted to watch him audition. And so he went in and auditioned for Tom Hanks and then he got fired from the job. And his, oh, agent, his agent told him that the casting director said it was because Tom Hanks said he had dead eyes. Oh, uh, <laughs> so, so this is, that's what uh, his podcast is. Yeah, the whole podcast. I mean, a lot of it is really, it's fun like listening to him talk to other actors about like rejection and like yeah. their careers. And then like, he's trying to trying to track <laughs> down the seat, the history and find out if that's really what Tom Hanks said. Hmm. Um, uh, Bob Malone, your brother is listening to it. Which, oh, okay. Uh, he doesn't listen to a lot of podcasts. So that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. Bob Malone, that's entertainment guest. Yes, he's been on a couple times like you now, Rob. Uh, uh, was there I'm a movie? That's Entertainment uh, All-Star? Yeah. I guess was so. Was there a movie you were thinking about when I, I mentioned it? I think it was a movie or TV show. Um, mm. But maybe, hmm, what have I watched? I barely, I've been working too much. 
Aaron and I watched Ted Lasso, which we really liked. Oh, we loved that. And you got your parents onto that and yeah. they loved it. Yeah, I definitely to... recommend that. Although you couldn't watch it with your young niece or nephew. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Just an older niece or nephew. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a sweet show, though, despite some... Yeah, it really it was, a, it was like a fantasy comedy. I feel like I feel like the world in that movie is a, is almost a fantasy of how nicer things are in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I can't really. I, th- I really something popped it didn't up. Have oh, to well. do with um, the trivia thing, and then I mentioned uh, um, one night in Miami. Didn't have to do with that. No, um, okay. but I'll think about it. I can't remember if it was a new thing or an old thing. That's that's the problem. Uh, oh no i remember what it was um if you've never seen uh elaine may's a new leaf i believe it's streaming on the criterion channel if you have that and that starts a long time ago right yeah it's directed by elaine may and stars her yeah her and walter matthau and it's a good movie okay so i recommend that i think i don't remember what year was it the 70s 1971 right? okay yeah, it was just listen, just listening to the blank chink podcast discuss that yeah this week they just started their elaine may miniseries but um but uh i recommend that i recommend all her movies i also especially like ishtar um which was famously a flop but is actually yes. a very very funny movie um <laughs> There's uh, a lot of it is uh, a lot of the movie is just Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman trying to write songs because they play two uh, inept songwriters. Okay. There's I these long. Yeah. You know, you saw it. Yeah. But I forget. Well, that was a long time ago too. It's pretty funny. I mean, I it's, should rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. About a long time ago. That, that you can rent for three ninety nine on Amazon, not 20 bucks. Like, like the other ones. Uh, anyway. Elaine May's daughter, I like. What's her name again? She was on, they look very similar. Amy Berlin. Yes, I like her a lot too. Um, I just wrote down, so I reckon recommending two shows that I haven't seen and one that I have. So I just, I'm almost done with Hemingway, which is a Ken Burns documentary, which his are always so great, speaking of documentaries. And I'm finding it fascinating. Not that he—he's certainly not a very likable character, but I just really didn't know much about him at all. Um, and so I'm enjoying that. And then there's two shows that are coming up that sound that I want to watch. One is called Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet, and um, that got a real very good review. It takes place in Pennsylvania, outside of um, Philly. One of my best friends worked on it. Oh, okay. So he was yeah, it looks on really the crew. She plays a detective, right? I think. Um, but it sounds like she's a mess. <laughs> um, that sounds good. And it also has Evan Peters in it, who I love. And then Rebel with Katie Seagal. I, it doesn't always, wouldn't have seemed like the type of show I'd normally want to watch, but um, I've gotten to like her more. She's been on the Connors and something else that I saw her on. And uh, it's supposed to be kind of based on an, on Aaron Brockovich. So I think it starts maybe tonight. Um, I so. I I, yeah, so I'm gonna give that one a try. See how Tonight being Thursday, the day we're recording. There's, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's taping. So, so you, you listeners may have already watched it. Yeah. How about you, Jeff? I didn't have any recommendations, but I will promote that I've got some Oscar coverage coming up on jmoney.com as I always do my own personal Academy Awards list what I would have nominated oh, okay. this year so that'll be posting a couple days before the actual Oscars and um, of course I'll always I always mention Ken Jong. you've got an open invitation to appear as a guest on that's <laughs> entertainment whenever time opens up on your schedule and uh, if you'd like to leave us a review we'll read it on air and you can do that uh, in any of your podcast listening applications or you could head to rate this podcast.com slash that's entertainment and you can always follow us on twitter instagram and facebook if you happen to be a social media user and uh yeah beth what do we 
what shop shows do we got coming in the next few weeks? I think we'll do another round of talking about mini episodes. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. We're talking about a Superman episode, but yeah, have, hasn't been on though. So yeah, I think we <laughs> might we might wait until May. I think it's it's coming back on May. I want to say May 18th. I think. Oh, okay, so we're going to have to wait on that. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll do an Oscar wrap up mini episode after Okay. After this year's ceremonies. Yeah. So we, we don't know what our next full episode topic is, but we'll, we'll just you'll, have to you'll find tune out in, in due time. Listen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, okay. I guess it's looks like it's time to say goodnight. What uh, is good night? Rob, do you want to say good night? Good night and good luck. And I'll say keep your remotes handy and your eyes open.